Welcome, nerdy knights of the well-rounded table, to Bohemian Geek Studies, where we take extremely dorky dives into our favorite fandoms. I'm Queen of Queries and Defender of Droids, Sarah O'Connor. Welcome, welcome. Hello there. I'm Colleen McMillan, Jedi Master and Rebel Scum Collaborator. And I am Pirate Jedi and member of Honda Onaka's crew, Anders Drew. We truly run the gamut here in terms of rank from Padawan to Knight and apparently Pirate to Master. Damn right. But no matter what rank you carry, one thing remains constant. Much to learn we still have. Indeed. Yeah. This episode, we're taking some time to go over the recent Timothy Zahn Zoom event and touch on his new book, Thrawn Ascendancy Chaos Rising. For those of you who don't know, Timothy Zahn is the author that started the original concept of the Star Wars Expanded Universe, which is also called Legends, with the Heir to the Empire novel back in 1991. Uh, this is also the first introduction for fans to Grand Admiral Thrawn. Since then, he's continued to write in the Star Wars universe, including a new canon Thrawn trilogy for the Disney canon, and this new novel, which we're going to be covering a little bit here. In Just this a touch, yeah. Just a little bit. A little bit. Not a lot of spoilery stuff, but a little teeny bit. Uh, thank you to Jedi Master Matt Harrington for alerting us to the event hosted by Powell Books on September 4th, just this last Friday. Yep. And Zahn's editor, Tom Holler, interviewed the author. Tom also used some audience questions near the end, but not too many. I think he kind of weaved them into the interview as well. So we'll also be going into some of the details of the book itself, like I said, which, full disclosure, <laughs> Andrew says I, we have finished it. Sarah yes. has not. <laughs> yeah, so poor so Sarah are... is getting some spoilers. Yeah, so, so like, yeah. let's be clear. There definitely are some spoilers this episode. I'm willing to deal with some of them. They have to do with who Thrawn is as a character a little bit. So if you don't want spoilers, literally just turn this off right now and come back to us later because we will be covering Thrawn in this episode and in later episodes much more deeply. Yes, and if you decide you'd rather like go and actually watch the interview and the event itself, um, again, don't listen anymore. Check out the link in the description, watch it, and then come back with us. Yeah. But... If you're ready to just dive right in, grab a drink from the cantina, sit back and unwind as we engage your mind exploring the unknown regions, or as some people call it, the chaos. <laughs> With that being said, Colleen, let's punch it. Let's do this. Yeah, and so to kind of get things going, since Colleen, you were the one who has the inside scoop on it, why did Zahn choose to write this fantastic, fantastic mm -hmm. series? Yep, so this one is really interesting because Zahn didn't know for the first three canon Thrawn novels that he would actually get three books. He didn't know it was mm. going to be a trilogy. Every book was a separate deal that he had to make. Which um, I kind of like that. <laughs> I yeah. did too, even though they seemed really connected. It they did, but still they still had a little more so well. freedom. Yeah, they, they were so beautifully plotted to go together. Like you can tell he just still had an idea for where he wanted it to go. Mm -hmm. He just didn't know he'd be able to go there. Um, and it connects those novels with Rebels so well. That really impressed me. I was like... It's all yes. about that TIE Defender program. Mm, poor Thrawn. He just needs <laughs> some funding. That's all he really needed to defeat the Rebels. Yes. Don't we all? Don't we yeah, all? We just needed a little bit more funding. But uh, Governor, Price, the big, the big toy. Governor Price just messed it all up. Uh, Rinda, don't even get me started on Rinda Price. That would be at a whole freaking hour of me just yelling. Um, so this time... Disney and um, Del Rey 
they contracted him to write an entire trilogy. So he knew from the get-go he was going to get three books. Um, he could plan everything out from the beginning because, as we have found out, Timothy Zahn is a plotter, not a pantser. And I'm sorry, like, bocab moment, like, because I've, I've heard gardener versus architect. Is that the same thing? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it's kind of similar, kind of. Um, the plotter has everything planned out from the beginning. Yeah. Um, with mm-hmm. room for plot maneuvering if they have to, should it strike yeah. their fancy. Um, a pantser, which is George R. R. Martin's style, is someone who likes to go in writing cold with little or no plan. They want to be surprised by what they write. Yeah, he Which likes calling himself a gardener, good, but so it's it's agile. It's a uh, it's software development, you know. Yes, it's iterative. You start, you go, and then as things change, you just move. Mm-hmm. You go with it. Yes, and that's why he has a team that does his continuity checks because he could go all over the place. <laughs> right, with his right. Um, so Zan, our plotter, wanted to write a long-term story with a trilogy-long character arcs. So this book has some shorter arcs, but for the most part, a lot of his main characters are gonna be going throughout the entire trilogy. Mm. Um, He also said to be ready for a lot more new faces, and he wants to continue building upon the ascendancy. He wanted to dig really deep into the nine ruling families and how the Chiss government works. Um, He did drop this nice little tidbit that there are actually 40 great families, which like capital G on that great, they're all kind of vying for a seat at the table with the nine ruling families because they're that's, kind of that seems like nine. a lot yeah that seems like a lot and that seems just like really interesting because especially with the way that um he does set up the families with these it's kind of like the um the capulets and the montagues from romeo and julia you know the idea of quote unquote the family not only includes the family it includes all the extended family. It includes all of the allies and everybody just like under the umbrella. So the idea that there's some, I mean, there's the nine ruling ones and then that it even goes beyond that to up to 40. That's a concept I'm really interested in seeing him kind of build upon. And I'm yes. wondering if it's yes. going to in any way relate to in the, um, the novel Bloodline um which you know tells the story of leia kind of leading up to force awakens and the birth of the resistance there's a lot of stuff in there about the kind of aristocratic families old school in the empire republic new republic area of the galaxy and i'm wondering if there's going to be a lot of symmetry there i would definitely count on something like that he didn't say exactly what he based the government on i'm sure he'll cover that some point but it seems very Romanesque, a little bit, a little bit Game of Thronesy. Yeah, it have... sounds very Game of Thrones. It does, to me. Yeah. like all of the Tyrells are in attendance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if you're part of the 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 great houses, like from Game of Thrones, then you kind of have a so the Car Starks are the great yeah. house, whereas the Starks are the ruling house. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you have all your little Sentinel houses kind of being called to your banners if need be. Yep, 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 yep. Although yep. for the chist, it kind of seems like once people attack you, everybody just calls every banner possible. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Mm-hmm. So, so we're definitely absolutely going to get more of those like interfamily dynamics and those yes. those types of like political machinations mm-hmm. in these new novels. That's yes. what he said. Yes, I really want to see this. I was super excited when I found out this was going to be happening. I'm like, yes, <laughs> more from the Chiss, because we really didn't know a lot about the Ascendancy and how they functioned. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and then also the interfamily, like not just between the nine ruling families, but within the myth and other families themselves. I really want to see what other myth members think of Thrawn, just besides like Thurfian and some of the others we see. I want to know what they're all sitting here thinking about Thrawn. Like, <laughs> that is what's some this stuff kid that's gonna definitely... do? Mm-hmm. So did he offer like any any dates on when we can expect book two in this trilogy coming? Like this yeah. there was a decent amount of fanfare for book one, mm-hmm. but is is book two just in the works? Is this gonna be a George R. R. Martin thing where we're gonna go for the next decade? What's going on? Oh my gosh, I really hope not. <laughs> <laughs> um no, he said book two is written and it's already in the editing process. So oh, damn. he's quick. I mean, Zahn is yeah. very prolific. He he's a fast writer. He's like had some Stephen King speed on him right now, which I'm very happy about. Because if we could get book two in the spring, that would be amazing. Usually they wait a year. Look so at how hungry of, you are. You're so hungry. So, <laughs> so ready. She's not the only one. Let, let's be real here. Like I want some more of this story. Yes. Yeah. Because it's new and interesting, and it's not set yes. in the primary part of the galaxy. This is like untrod territory we've got here and Zahn is a great person to bring us here um he did say <laughs> this is hysterical he looked so exasperated when he said it too he's like quote I'm writing as fast as I can <laughs> I believe um, it yeah absolutely especially if book two is already done yeah right. I believe so it. If he's already working on book three like yes yes this is amazing um he said this whole thing has been forming in his head basically um for like 30 years because he's been working since 1991 or a little prior on Thrawn. So he's had a lot of time to think about Thrawn and the Chiss. Um, I think that's so lovely. Yes, in world building. Like, he knows how to build a world. And yeah. Especially, I mean, that's 30, year, that's 30 years, and he had a decent idea of who Thrawn was when right. he introduced him in Heir to the Empire. Yes. Mm-hmm. We don't actually get too much of him there. No. But he was definitely like you could tell he was fully formed in a seed was planted a well germinated seed was planted yes Mm -hmm. do we have a sense where this trilogy ends colleen yes yep he said it should should (laughs) he hasn't finished book three so we can't be completely sure but he said that it should end where the first canon novel thrawn begins Okay. So we should get to see why and how Thrawn is exiled into Imperial space. Like, I'm, I'm super excited about that, but that was actually, that was something that surprised me about this novel when we knew it was going to be kind of like prequel-esque. Mm-hmm. I legit thought it was going to be a lot earlier. Like mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff in those memory chapters, mm-hmm. I thought that was going to be the main storyline. Ah, okay. Originally. Um, thought it was going to be all baby Thrawn all the time. I thought it was going to be Kid Thrawn. Like, yeah, he's going to be younger. We're going to see, but I really want will... to see that. Also, I want to see like poor Thrawn's parents being like, "The baby's doing math again." <laughs> <laughs> well, that I think is absolutely a topic for another pod, including yeah. yes, <laughs> takes Which on the coming. takes on this novel and all this other stuff. I think that is absolutely stuff yep. for another yep. pod. Yep. But one of the things that you know all of us fans really do want to know is if Thrawn is as unique in his home world in the ascendancy mm-hmm. as he is in the imperial setting you know right. apart from just being one of the only non-humans in the imperial navy yeah he's also got that kind of very unique way of thinking about things 
Um, and we did actually find out in this novel, he was a weird kid. <laughs> Hell yes, he was. <laughs> you can't be that intelligent and socially awkward and not be like the weird kid. It just, yeah. you're going to just be seen as <laughs> by the people who aren't as smart as you as the weird kid. Um, but this just makes him more endearing. We've all had to deal with situations like that. Oh yeah, I think he's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> he's so cute. I mean, I'm sure his teachers and classmates did not appreciate it, but he's when you're reading about him, it's very adorable. It reminds me a lot of my brother, who had like the more very cerebral kind of interactions with people, and they often were like, "The, the hell is this kid talking about?" And I'm sure that's what poor Thrawn's teachers were feeling. Um, so he was the uh, he was the Abed. Yes, 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 like Abed too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, we've all experienced this kind of thing where we're uncomfortable um, in our surroundings and where we're not understood. San did say that Thrawn is very exceptional, even within his own people. Um, but he also called Thrawn, quote, the outlier and, quote, the outsider. Uh, certain people can understand and appreciate him, but it's a really limited group. Yeah, and it almost seems as though his own people are afraid of him, too. I mean, the things you don't understand or can't fit into, quote-unquote, acceptable societal boxes can be scary or unsettling to people who just find yeah. that to be uncomfortable, even, even despite or perhaps in light of Thrawn's prodigious skills. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Because you can't mm -hmm. control it. Yep. Mm -hmm. He is the chaos. Oh, my God. Yeah. Or it's wrong. Mm. So, Colleen, you mentioned the uh, interfamily problems that we're going to mm. see. And, you know, I know we also meet several of Thrawn's myth family members. Um, mm -hmm. One of the myths, Syndic's Thurfian, is an antagonist, though, at the same time. And can yep. you guys, since I haven't read everything yet, what exactly mm -hmm. is a Syndic? Because... I'm suspecting the other one is a character person. <laughs> There's a lot of terms. Yes. There's like a glossary at the beginning of the book for some of them. Oh, there is. Cool. It does give like a full like thing of the nine right. ruling families and mm -hmm. these are what the terms mean. So, but in this term, yes, Thurfian is a character. Syndic is a term. Mm -hmm. um, a syndic is a member of the main governmental body, kind of like a representative, a congressman, a senator, mm -hmm. whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, and Thurfian is one of the myth family's representatives in that body. Mm -hmm. Yep. And he's also here to cause Thrawn all kinds of trouble. Uh, Zahn said that Thurfian sees Thrawn as an asset who could become a liability. Uh, he knows Thrawn's exceptional and talented. He's the one that kind of picked him up and brought him into the family, just kind of like the chauffeur, basically, which mm -hmm. he resents also, I'm sure. But he's more concerned with myth family honor as a whole. He's more dedicated to what he thinks the myth family should be, not necessarily with someone who wants to change things and maybe upend the entire status quo of the entire. He's a bit of a. He's a I mean, hardliner. He's not force sensitive, but he's a Sith minded syndic. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Absolutes. All the absolutes with third fan. Well, I've read into the book and like I'm listening to it from the audiobook, so I didn't know about the like cool glossary, so I might have to like splurge uh, okay. another way. Um, <laughs> I, can, I can send you a link on that or I can send you a picture. That yeah, might be nice. Yeah. A little mm -hmm. screenshot. That would be good. So 
can you explain for listeners, and this is definitely a spoiler, what it means to be a merit adoptive Anders? Yeah. So again, like I was referring to earlier, you've got the nine ruling families, and that includes their like bloodborne families, their kind of extended family, and all of these like random allies and stuff. So Thrawn is what's known as a merit adoptive, which is a sponsored member of the family. His school test scores caught the attention of the military member of the family, General Bakif. Um, other beyond that, Thrawn was absolutely born to like a no-name anything. Yeah. So they recognized his scores and they were like, ooh, you would be good to bring into the fold. So they quote unquote merit adopted him. Mm-hmm. He shed his previous family name and adopted the name of the myth family Mm -hmm. he's officially at this point in the story on a trial basis Mm -hmm. um still trying to prove himself um if he royally screws up they can kind of cut ties with minimal political losses rematching yeah Yeah. rematching or re-recruiting which also happens in this novel Mm -hmm. um but if he does kind of prove himself and go through basically what's known as the trials a lot of jedi parallels here yes um Mm -hmm. he would move from merit (laughs) adoptive to trial born um and from there potentially gain the rank of ranking distant he because he wasn't actually born into the family he will never be able to actually reach the direct blood status rank yeah but if he got up to ranking distant, it would make his place in the family just much more secure and yep. solid. Yep. Yeah. And and Colleen, the reason why we care about what merit adoptive means is can you explain what Zahn talked about in hmm. there Timothy Zane talked about in the interview? Yes. Yep. He said that being a family member brings a lot of advantages. You yeah. get their resources, you get their political connections, you get their assets, you get guides along your path, like General Bakif. I don't know if he was myth for sure, but he's been helping. He's helping recruit Thrawn to the myth, so he might very well be a young general from the myth. If he um, is, um, what's the rank? And I'm sorry, I'm absolutely bringing this in, not being in the show notes or anything. What's okay. the rank? What's the rank that gets you beyond family? Is it Commodore that Commodore. brings you? When you reach you, Commodore. You, you are officially beyond family affili- affiliations. Yep, because okay. you're in such a high level of the military that you need to have no connections and loyalties to family. You have to have one loyalty, and that's to the Jis. Okay. And so, so that's why they kind of... But Keith is not there down. yet. No, he is, because he's a general already. So he already has his shortened name. Okay. So he's already past that point, but he's really young. Like Thurfian says, you look really young to be a general, but I guess that's what family connections are for. No shade from Thurfian whatsoever. What about his blood family and what came up in the interview regarding the blood family ties? Oof. Um, His blood family is mentioned briefly in the novel, his parents, um, in one of the memory sections. Their surname is Kibu which is apparently very obscure. Thurfian's like looking through records, trying to find out who this Thrawn, well, it's not Thrawn yet, who this kid is, basically. And there's just not a lot to go on, on the family. Um, we do find out that Thrawn had an older sister who disappeared when he was very young. 
uh, he thinks that she became a Skywalker, which are the Force-sensitive Chiss ship navigators. That's basically the Chiss version of a Force-sensitive person. Um, we also got a tiny little tease, and I was really excited about <laughs> this. Really excited about Thrawn's brother, Thras, um, though we're not sure yet if he's canonically um, Thrawn's actual birth brother. Um, in Legends, he is. He's just merely mentioned in passing by Thurfian as having died recently in an incident that involved Thrawn. Um, like I said, Thras was much more central in the Outbound Flight novel. And I would be really excited if we cover him in these I have, books. I have heard you mention Outbound Flight like 80 million times. Five, <laughs> like five or six times in the last week. Mm -hmm. And now I'm just like, all right, I need to actually like go back and read Outbound Flight. <laughs> it's really good. It's going to piss you off, but it's really good. Um, Zahn and Tom, his editor, both mentioned that they were really excited about a lady character's PO the POV chapters in book two. So that's like speculation wheel is a spinning. People are already thinking that it is this long lost sister. So we yeah. might get even more family, blood family ties for Thrawn. Which would is be there amazing. anyone else that you two think it could be based on reading the book or do you think it's totally outside of it? It could be Thalias or Sherry. Okay. Either one of those two female characters. I don't and think it's any other because she's already so prominent. I think it would have to be someone. Yeah, I think it would have to be, it would have to be his sister and just. I want it to be his sister. <laughs> the only other like kind of like connections I can make in my mind have less to do with the Thrawn book series as a whole and just more my general understanding of storytelling. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's like it's it's either the sister, the mom, or some kind of other random love interest that we're yeah. gonna get. It and, could be a love interest. I don't want it. that would be shocking. Throng, I want it yeah, to be no, Arlani. Knowing, knowing, <laughs> knowing <laughs> no, knowing Thrawn, I really don't want it to be a love interest. I no. can't imagine that. Yeah, it would throw so him. So I he would, would have say no like idea mom or sister, do. and considering <laughs> we've actually had a reference to the sister, Teased. and knowing, I think. um Colleen, you're going to mention this pretty soon about, you know, bringing in legends into canon. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I feel like the sister is probably the safest bet. Cool. All right, cool. Mm -hmm. Well, then moving on. Thanks, guys. Yes. Good predictions. Mm -hmm. So one of the cool things in this novel mm -hmm. is that we really start to get into some of the tech differences. You know, you mentioned the yes. Skywalkers. Again, mm -hmm. some uh, OG trilogy parallels there. Mm -hmm. um, tech differences between the Chiss and the Republic and the Empire. Like, where are the droids? This is Star Wars. Where are the droids? I find it really interesting, and I love that they don't have droids. Like, no enslavement there. <laughs> so, <laughs> so props to them for yep. not having droids. Yep. That's all oh, I have to on. say about that. C come on, give me Thrawn were... a little companion droid and just tell me that that would not make the best buddy cop duo. I mean, I would, I would love to watch it, but there would have to be a really good Genesis mm -hmm. story behind droids it. Droids intrigue Thrawn a lot. Here's another outbound flight thing coming at you. <laughs> yes, <laughs> they encounter certain droids, and he's like, "What the fuck are those?" And he has somebody with him. He's like, "Oh, that's a droid." He's like, what? "I don't know what that is. We we don't huh. have that." Um, oh, like weird. you said, Sarah, the anti-slavery thing. The Chiss are very, very anti-slavery, especially Thrawn. Um, and for the droids, they just haven't developed this kind of tech. They either don't need it really, or just didn't 
think about doing something like didn't think about having a helper around that could do all your work for you they're pretty much like we do our work um they also don't have very strong shield technology we see in this book a connection to another canon thrawn book about shield technology um and they don't have the same kind of weapons basically no nav computers zero gps for wild the chiss um, in wild space. In wild space, yeah. This is mainly because traveling in the out, uh, unknown regions in the chaos is really difficult. There are just so many anomalies in space that the hyperspace lanes aren't there, basically. So they rely on the Skywalkers and other Force-sensitive beings for travel. Yeah. So don't they travel, like, often or much then? They do. I mean, they travel some, like, you know, within their own systems. Um, the Chiss in particular, though, are very concerned with protecting their own territories. Mm -hmm. So they are, you know, they have their own, like, kind of mini jumps within their regions that they know and have mapped. Um, and then, you know, they will use the Skywalkers to go beyond that to have semi-diplomatic relations, I will say, with neighboring systems. Just a little bit, but um, the Chiss themselves like aren't really that into diplomacy. They're like, yo, we got our borders. We're going to protect them. They're not necessarily interested in expanding, but they definitely mm -hmm. don't want to contract either. Yep. Gotcha. So. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Zan said that the Chiss are very insular. Um, they don't really study other cultures much. They do have the museum where they have artifacts from other cultures. Um, their main purpose, though, is to try and identify threats. They're not really, they look kind of for allies, more like lesser beings, though. They think everybody else is lesser. So it's mm -hmm. not really yeah. an ally per se. It's more like a non-threat. Yeah. <laughs> um, they know the areas surrounding them, like Andrew said, um, but it's just so hard to get around in the chaos that they're just not as well-traveled as people that would be in Imperial Republic space. Yeah. With all of the hyperspace lanes that they have. Yeah. So I was checking out the interview and some of the articles about it afterwards and i actually really like this question so colleen can you tell us a little bit about what zan said what does thrawn want like this character is so complex in the sense that he's just like always thinking like 20 steps ahead and he's doing all the strategies but in the end like what does he actually want what would make him happy Mm -hmm. This one made me kind of sad. Um, Zan said that Thrawn is, quote, kind of a lonely guy when you think about it. Um, he said he's ultimately isn't concerned with his own personal happiness. He's fighting for everyone else's happiness. Um, he'll do anything to secure peace and safety for his people. And I think it's kind of expanded now within the last parts of the canon trilogy. He's actually met people in the Empire that he would like to protect. So it's not just him protecting the Chiss now. Eh. It's more like, I'm going to protect everybody. Although the hmm. Chiss are still his main focus. Let's see. I'll like to see that. Your Honor, I'd like to see that on the record before I pass judgment. Well, and this is like younger Thrawn, too. We're not talking Air Thrawn. Air oh, Thrawn is just like, yeah. <laughs> Colleen, I think um... uh, you and I are going to have a debate about that at some point in the future. <laughs> hey, he grows. He grows as a character, and we are definitely going to talk about Icy. Does he? Icy well, Thrawn. 
Well, let's like ding, ding, ding for now, <laughs> since we're talking about Zahn. He also says that he respects Thrawn, right, Colleen? Mm -hmm. Yep. He said um, he understands and respects his character, which makes me think he wants the readers to try and see him not as a complete villain. Anders. <laughs> he never said he was. Never said he was. He wants this to be like a multi-layered character, this balance Absolutely. between competence and blind spots, which is really understandable. Yeah. And being an artist, this is a very important yeah. question. Does Thrawn have any artistic talent of his own or does he just speak eloquently AF about art? And steal it. <laughs> and steal yeah, it. Yeah. Steal Thank it. you, sir. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was not a good move. Rebels, Rebels Thrawn has got an issue with that. Um, Zahn gave a very definitive no. He's not, he's not an artist himself, but he appreciates all art interesting so given i mean thrawn with this new trilogy is kind of taking an expanded role in the new disney canon and whatnot so did zon mention anything about if he could write interactions with thrawn and some existing canon characters mm. Oh, you're oh. clapping. Colleen's Yay. clapping. She absolutely has. She, she wants to say yes. Very excited. Um, this one made me insanely happy. He immediately, like, no pause, said Ezra Bridger. Very nice. No pause, zero thought. Very just good. instantly was like, Ezra, that's what I want. Um, so you are, you say that. And so in my mind now, I have like, like five or six episodes thing with Sabine and Ahsoka. Mm-hmm a five or six episode thing of Ezra and Thrawn and then like a three episode like major movie event type thing yeah where they finally all meet each other make it work people make it work <laughs> mm -hmm. even if it was a book series too I mean if he wants to Don Filoni make it happen if yeah. he wants to write the books like Ezra Thrawn and then Filoni does the tv series about Ahsoka there and you go. Sabine and then they meet like I'd be, I'd be totally fine with that, too. If it had oh. Life of Pi <laughs> graphics, I would mm. die happy. Yes. I think it's going to be amazing, whatever they do with it. It's, it's just Aline, does Maul show up at there. some point? No, he did. <laughs> 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 no. Oh, man, I'll bet Thrawn and Maul could get into some conversations, though. Um, after Ezra, though, Zan did say he would love to write Thrawn with Obi-Wan just because of the philosophical that could be cool arguments discussions they could have yeah yeah i think, I think mm -hmm. certainly more than maul um i mean maul would just talk at thrawn and thrawn would want to talk I mean. at maul so it would not be very constructive <laughs> yeah definitely not what <laughs> would be constructive bit. i know that you love name like genealogy and what names mean mm -hmm. what is thrawn's name all about and did he is that like a nom de plume of his mm -hmm. leveling up um yep this is part of a fan question um i'm gonna totally try and pronounce his name here i might butcher it this is gonna be fine it is mithron new rodo and myth i think that's good yeah mithron new rodo it's close i'm sure he would be like no <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure he would but that's fine um so myth that first part is his family name that is his new family name um mm -hmm. his original name is kibura nuru and so he just cut off the kibu part of that he kept the raw nuru and then added the myth at the beginning 
So then in this book, his name is Mithra Nuru. We don't know what those last three letters are yet. We don't know mm-hmm. what the Odo means, but Zan did promise that we would find out in I'm this trilogy. I'm guessing Merit Adoptive. Yeah, mm. my, that would be my guess is that when he moves on to trial, Trialborn would be mm-hmm. when he gets that. Or when he moves on to Ranking Distant, maybe? It kind of it depends on... be on where they're going with that but no because he still has he still has the odo in the uh the main thron trilogy yes once he's exiled he has that name he still has that name so, so it might be an exile it might be an exile thing the odo we don't know yet Oda there. <laughs> they, 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 they did it like they were in uh, like Minnesota. Yo, Oda there, Thrawn. Get Oda there. Yeah, get out of there. Yeah, just go Oda there. Yeah. <laughs> and poor Thrawn, he does go. He's gonna, he's gonna come back, though. He goes happily. Yes. So he says. <laughs> in Legends, he did not go happily, so I'm kind of curious to see what they do in Legends versus canon. Like, Maybe they did send him, or maybe he was fine with being exiled. There's a lot of machinations going on, of course, that Thrawn is into. And then Thrawn is just his core name. Like, you take the last two letters of your family name, your core middle name with that raw in the middle, and then the next two letters, or one, like he does. Mm-hmm. There you go. And that's Very how you can tell what family people are a part of, usually. Because it's the last letters of their family name. So, then, so that TH is your signal that he's a meth. Yes. Like um, Arlani, her original name is Ziara. And so the, her first two letters, the Z, is from her family name. Interesting. I like yeah. that. I, I love like it. Give us more. <laughs> Give us more, Zan, please. So Thrawn goes from the name Vuron, which is kind of adorable, to Thrawn, which is like, mm. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, it's a lot scarier. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's just close this out with another great thing that we learned out of this interview. It's my you know? favorite thing. Zan called his style, this kind of style, the mystery detective style, Agatha Chisty. <laughs> That's cute. That is cute, although I gotta say, um, Thrawn himself definitely lends himself more towards a uh Sherthron Holmes. Yes. Than an, like an Agatha there. Chissy. But either either way, no no no. The just the other thing. <laughs> okay, fine. Um he said he's trying his best to connect his legends books with canon as closely mm-hmm. as possible. Um, what which a, is why what great he's, work. Yep, Go he's hinting less, he sir. hinted at Alpine Flight and at this point, right? Yeah. I mean, he did say that he snuck in a, in a different interview. He said they allowed me to put in references to outbound flight and grass. Um, so we can expect these kind of elements to keep popping up. Like, yay. I can't wait. So yes. yes. Anders, go read outbound flight. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you have it right there. I oh, told yeah. you, I just finished Plagueis, all right? I got I to gotta do like Dooku, Jedi Lost. Mm-hmm. I got a couple of uh, Maul legends yes. novels in the queue yes there's so many so many good zan books to dig into for thrawn 
Um, oh yeah, and one last thing. This is also adorable. Zan must be just like a pun master. I love puns. Because he said... Yeah, I'm end, not surprised by that, Sarah. He said, <laughs> pun isn't a legend. He's a myth. And I love that. I love that. I love that. As soon as I saw that, I was like, no wonder. They Print the t-shirts. Like, yeah. We're ready to go. And because Did you buy I love... Oh yeah, I'd buy one. Oh, yeah. yeah, I would buy one. I would buy one too. And... So since Colleen and I are going shopping now for that excellent shirt, that's where we're going to leave you all for today. And check out our show notes on how to reach us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And as always, one of the best and most favorite ways to reach us is by emailing us your questions, comments, theories, et cetera, to bohemiangeekstudies at gmail.com. Until next time, charks up and keep those episodes streaming. Bye, everyone. Bye, everybody. Bye. Cheers.